This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. Scottish Mortgage is considered the flagship trust of Edinburgh-based investment managers Bailey Gifford and is the UK's largest investment trust. As with any investment, please note capital is at risk. To find out more, please visit scottishmortgageit.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Advice Show podcast, bringing you UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. My name is Laura Perkis, I'm the news editor here at CityWire New Model Advisor, and in this episode I'm going to look at the tax year end and try and turn a fairly dry subject into something that hopefully includes some useful information ahead of the 5th of April. So I've spoken to three tax experts this week and they've shared some of their top tips on how to help clients make the most of the tax year end, as well as some tips for business owners themselves around how to maximise their tax savings for their businesses and their staff. First of all, I asked Andrew Aldridge, partner at Deepbridge Capital, what he thinks are some of the key things advisors could be helping clients with, and here's what he said. Tax year end planning is obviously a crucial period for many financial advisors, and there's a few things they could specifically be looking at to help their clients. Advisors should look back over the past three years of pension contributions, and if clients' full allowances haven't been utilised, they could be able to contribute more this year. They should also maximise personal ISA allowances, which are 20k per person and therefore 40,000 per couple. Potentially consider junior ISAs for children or grandchildren, and clients can transfer up to £9,000 per child as a potentially useful way to pass money to the next generation. If clients are approaching retirement and thinking of making a large pension withdrawal, it might be beneficial to spread over multiple tax years to reduce income tax liabilities. Also, advisors should ensure clients utilise annual capital gains tax exemptions, which are obviously £12,300 per year, and draw down gains over multiple years if possible. Clients could also consider charitable or pension contributions to reduce taxable income and therefore potentially limit income tax liabilities and possibly avoid reducing the available annual pension allowance. Something further advisors could do to reduce income tax liabilities against either this tax year or the previous tax year is to utilise EIS or VCT investment opportunities. If capital is deployed this tax year, then EIS carryback can be used to offset income tax from the 2021 tax year as well as this tax year. If clients have experienced a significant capital gain within the previous 36 months or the coming 12 months, then the full CGT liability could be deferred via EIS as well. Or if using CDIS, um, up to 50% could be written off. For future planning, the VCTs could offer tax-free income in future years, while both EIS and VCTs could offer tax-free growth whilst EIS also provides share loss relief and IHT exemption via business relief, both useful tax planning tools. It's been traditional that advisors were encouraged to order tax-related investment decisions with pensions and ISAs as the first port of call. However, recent research by Dr Brian Moretta of Hardman & Co has recently suggested that venture capital opportunities, such as those offered by EIS and VCT portfolios, should be considered concurrently with pensions and ISAs for appropriate clients, rather than merely as an afterthought. These propositions could not only offer more advanced tax planning scenarios, but could well offer significantly enhanced long-term returns. The Hardman & Co. TES white paper, How Much Should Clients Invest in Venture Capital?, looks at how many investors are underweight on EIS and VCT investments. Tax year end could be the ideal opportunity for advisors to introduce such propositions. Throughout all of this tax year end planning, a key consideration is to avoid unintended inheritance tax consequences. Ensure any cash gifts are maximised from an inheritance tax perspective. That was Andrew Aldridge, who is a partner at Deepbridge Capital. 
On the pension side, most end-of-tax-year planning understandably focuses on contributions and utilising those precious tax-free allowances. But Jessica List, who is a pensions technical manager at Curtis Banks, said that based on her experience, it's also really important to be thinking about pension-related requests that might need to be made on behalf of clients before the end of the tax year. While most people aim to wrap up their planning in good time ahead of the end of a tax year, there are always reasons why some clients might need to make some last-minute arrangements. Over the past few years, my discussions with advisors in the run-up to the end of a tax year have shown that over and above the normal queries, there's also been an increase in those around pension benefits and how advisors can make sure that funds are available in time, which can take longer than you think. This is also the case with contributions being made into a SIP, as the transaction date is when the funds arrive with the provider rather than when they're sent. Most end-of-tax-year planning understandably focuses on contributions. However, it's also important to think about requests for pension benefits, such as drawdown designations, ad hoc income payments and uncrystallised funds pension lump sums. Unless the cash to make any income is already available, clients and advisors will also need to factor in the time it takes for any required disinvestments to take place. It's also worth noting that if someone sends in an early request for a payment for next tax year, they should make that explicitly clear to the provider so it doesn't accidentally get swept up with tax year end requests. That was Jessica List, who is Pensions Technical Manager at Curtis Banks. As well as making smart planning decisions to save clients money, there are things business owners can be doing to help themselves and their employees at the end of the tax year. I spoke with Tim Stovold, a tax expert at accountancy firm Moore Kingston Smith, who said there are ways for employers to save on national insurance, such as by paying any staff bonuses or dividends before the end of tax year deadline. But he says there are some potential consequences if you are going to make those decisions. We've been given plenty of warning about the health and social care levy, which is basically an increase of one and a quarter percent to employees NI and the same again to employers NI. Now, we know that's happening from the 6th of April going onwards, and therefore it's attractive to think about paying bonuses if they're due around about that time before the 5th of April rather than afterwards to save that additional two and a half percent. Be careful if you do that, though, you might be pushing your employees into a higher tax bracket, so they may become a 40% taxpayer and they, they, they wouldn't have otherwise been. Also, increasing earnings might change their entitlement to tax credits and could reduce their entitlement to child benefits. So if you are intending to accelerate bonuses, just think of all the consequences. The health and social care levy to apply from the 6th of April is also going to increase the rates of tax applicable to dividend payments by one and a quarter percent. So all the rates increase. So the top rate of tax is then going to be 39.35% on on the very highest level of dividends. Now, on the one hand, it's attractive to think about paying those dividends early, say before the 5th of April, and then you save your one and a quarter percent. But of course, in doing so, you're going to bring your tax payment on that dividend forward by a year. When you crunch the numbers, is a one and a quarter percent tax saving worth um, tying up that cash flow one year early? I think most people are thinking not. So the argument for accelerating dividends is is not so strong. That was Tim Stovold, a tax expert at Moore Kingston Smith. While some end of tax year jobs may seem simple enough, others are a little bit more tricky. For example, if it's possible your client is likely to be subject to a tapered annual allowance, working this out can be extremely complicated. So you can read our full guide to working out your client's tapered annual allowance on the new Model Advisor website. Just search for how to work out the new tapered annual allowance. Otherwise, we hope this has been a helpful reminder of what you need to do ahead of the end of tax year, or that maybe one of our experts has given you something new to think about. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Advice Show. (laughs) 
This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.